I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Jamie Messina, and this is the Stories We Tell podcast. It's a new year, new guests, and I am pumped to bring it to you. We're kicking off the new year with a very special guest, Heather Renner, who is the first openly gay Miss Nevada. I can't... Oh, wait. I actually learned. Let me let me correct myself. She taught me. Miss Nevada. 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 Uh, hopefully, I said that right. Um... I, I can't wait for y'all to hear from her. Honestly, I saw her on TikTok and I thought she was probably 10 years older than she actually is because, not because of the way she looked, but how intelligent and, and charismatic and, and the way that she spoke about such important issues. So I asked her to come on and we had an amazing conversation that we will get to in a minute. But first, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that you hear, Please go over, leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people. And um, listen, enough talking from me. Let's hear from Heather Renner, the first openly gay Miss Nevada. Awesome. Okay, so I have here with me, um, Heather, is it Renner? Yes. Yeah, like Jeremy Renner. Yeah, cool. All right. The first openly gay Miss Nevada, which I was trying to do some research on you. And I kept searching. I think, listen, being from the East Coast and now just Boston and Florida, I'm like, Miss Nebraska, why isn't this coming up? And then there were these other and I'm like, I couldn't. And I'm like, wait, it's fucking Nevada. It's like an end. All the, the words that start with N, you know, <laughs> thank you for joining. I know it, there there are a lot of New Jersey, New Hampshire, New. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a wonderful experience at Miss America trying to get everyone to say Nevada instead of Nevada. And so if I challenge you for the rest of our interview, everyone who comes to Nevada gets, gets in trouble if they say it wrong. Listen, just, you know, us Bostonians say a lot of weird things. <laughs> sure. A lot of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I can't do a Boston accent, but that's my best shot at it. I like that. Yeah. And, and my, I don't have mine now. It might come out if I get angry or um, somebody cuts me off in traffic, um, <laughs> but I lost my accent a long time ago. All right. Nevada. Yeah. It's okay. If you, if you don't, I'm going to shoot a I don't know why it's so difficult. Like I feel like I have to move my face different. Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that is something that like a lot of politicians have to be super conscious of because we're a swing state. And so we have a lot of like rallies here and they will get booed if they say Nevada. Interesting. Good to know. High stakes. Good to know. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation. For those of you listening, um, you know, Heather came up on my For You page as many lesbians do. And um, (laughs) you were talking about, I don't forget what, it was a political issue or some kind of bill that was coming up. And I just really liked your, um, like what you were talking about in regards to it. And then just like, oh, Miss Nevada. And um, 
you know, I just was like, that should be great to come on the podcast. So thank you for coming and um, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So this uh, is my room. MTV, welcome to my crib. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that. I miss that, to be honest. Um, All right. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I know. All right. Miss Miss Nevada. How old Mm -hmm. are you? I'm 22. Oh, my God. Shut up. You're so young. You're 25. Exactly. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. Um, Yes, I am 22. So I'm still a senior in college. Um, I'll graduate this spring with my degree in theater and then my minor in political science. And originally when I entered into college, I was like, I love civil rights law and I love entertainment law. So let's do the law school route. And then I was like, oh, that's not going to make me happy for the rest of my life. Um, And so now I just do the the political stuff and the civil rights stuff as as a side hustle, I guess. So what are you going to school for then? I'm a theater major. Yeah. Oh. Are you going to be an actress or actor? I am. Yes. Yeah. So I love musical theater and opera. And a lot of people kind of cringe at opera, especially Americans, because it's often in a language that we don't speak and it's kind of relatively inaccessible. Right. But there are so many operas that are being written today that are way more representative of, I would say, the 21st century modern human experience. Like the Metropolitan Opera did uh, the first show written by a black composer like two years ago fire shut up in my bones by terrence blanchard i know i was like it took us this long but at the same time it's it's really cool to get to watch this art form grow and kind of become something that the religious community who created it had no intention for it to become which is what is so exciting yeah yeah i i've honestly i don't know that i've ever been to the opera, but always, yeah. I hope somebody invites me someday. <laughs> or maybe Anyone out on the pod? Anyone want to take Jamie yeah. out on a date to the opera? I yeah. love it. I love it. I'm, I'm so open to like music. You know, I really like music and, and that, you know, when we were younger, I took some classes. So definitely cool. All right, cool. So you're 22. I would say yes. I did not, I expected you just because, not because of the way you look, but because of your maturity and, and the things that you discussed that you were a lot older than that. So awesome. Um, And tell me this, did you always want to be like, running for Miss America? I did, yes. Uh, So I I grew up in a household of women who have volunteered for the Miss America organization for 70, no, since 1970. Um, And so like 50 years of my family volunteering has been the setup for this journey that I kind of concocted for myself in my mind. And my mom used to compete and then she was the director, or excuse me, the producer of the Miss Reno Sparks competition when I was a kid. And so I used to go with her to rehearsals every week and you know, there was, I'm sure some element of like all of these pretty women and, you know, they got to do their talents. And that was something that I knew I wanted to be a singer when I grew up and they got to wear these sparkly gowns. And it just, it's kind of like that childhood daydream, you know, of, of that wonderful glamour and expression of feminization. And so when I was a kid, I was like, man, it doesn't get any better than that. And there's always that very slim chance in your brain that you're like, maybe I'll compete on the Miss America stage someday. And I'm very lucky to uh, have been able to do that, which was an extraordinary experience. And I made so many friends and brought home $11,000 in college scholarships. So can't complain. Yeah. And one, well, from what I teach is that because you had that slight idea when you were younger and, and thought of that as a possibility, even if it's just a slight one, that's probably why you're here today. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of your teaching has to do with like people who come out when they're older. Right. And and then they have to kind of reformulate their lives to that. Yeah. So basically, though, I'm a mindset coach. The the Mm -hmm. people who have been drawn to that 
it, it was never really about sexuality or when you came out, but I had noticed all my clients were tend to be the later in life lesbians, like the mm-hmm. last like 10. So I was like, maybe I should speak more to them, but really it doesn't matter who you are. Like mindset is mindset. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. What do you think is the the biggest thing that you've noticed in your journey as a mindset coach? Because I did, I did stalk your Instagram. I do know many things about you. Um, but I, like you just have this sort of calm energy that washes out from you. Mm-hmm. Is that intentional or are you just like that? I'm just like that. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Also, though, I used to be so, like we talked Bostonian. I used to get hot headed at times though. And ah. it jumps up on me, but I have to like remind, but for the most part, yeah, no, I'm just kind of chill. Uh, for me to yell, it takes a lot, <laughs> you know, I'm not very like, but, but yeah, I guess, I guess it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So 22, when did you know? that you were first of all wait before we even go there I I saw it where you were like I need to get comfortable saying the word lesbian versus gay and it's so interesting I literally so I just saw that today and my friends and I went in a boat this weekend we were having this conversation they like a couple of them were like I like to you know identify as gay I don't like the word lesbian and for me in the past it took a very long time for me to be comfortable to say that word I always felt like I'm like it sounds like a disease I feel like you know it felt icky to me but now I'm just like lesbian lesbian so um are you how is that going using lesbian instead of gay and would you how would you like me to address you uh either one is fine really either one is fine but I I do think that kind of breaking down that own internal boundary about saying lesbian is something that I was very adamant that I wanted to change throughout the year because uh I've seen a lot of people on TikTok especially I've learned so much about gender identity and sexual orientation just from being on TikTok and so a lot of the people that I really like to listen to have kind of expressed this feeling that lesbian is also a way that they want to express themselves and be viewed. And it's not just who you love. Like it's also a form of gender expression in and of itself. And I thought that was pretty miraculous because in a modern world, uh, we don't really take women seriously who are very grounded in their femininity right and we can see this kind of start to shift in the 80s when women would wear pants to work and like shorter haircuts came into style and you had to be you had to give up that sense of femininity in order to be taken seriously by men and now I think that there's almost as much of a challenge for very hyper feminine women um and that they they're like, hey, I love I love colored makeup and and bright jewelry and all that wonderful stuff. And then I think there's almost as much of a struggle in them being taken seriously. Yeah. And that is something that I really want to break down because I'm gonna be pretty and I used to work at Sephora and I will wear hot pink lipstick and tell you what to do if I'm your manager. You know what I mean? And so for uh for myself, like Miss America was really instrumental in in giving me that difference between like brains and beauty. And saying, why in the world do you have to choose? And I feel like the word lesbian is kind of that same way. It's like, why should I have to choose between being a woman and like loving women? And that's totally my own like gender expression, right? Um, But that was something that I never really felt like I could lean into until I kind of embraced the title of lesbian more. But yeah, it is a weird word. It kind of sounds like leprosy. I think also the like the Z sound a little bit gives me like husband (laughs) <laughs> lesbian and I'm like oh I don't want a husband I, I don't I don't need that did is that something that took you a really long time to come to terms with as well yeah and you know I feel like this is going to be a really interesting conversation because of our age difference and the mm. different 
in the world when we came out and how we came up because when I came out, I was 18 years old, but that was in the year 2000 and things were very different. <laughs> you know, oh, oh it was not. Yeah. So I know I look a little younger, but um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, lesbian, that word for me was very hard to say because I think mm. even now, like when I think of lesbian and how it's put, the people who come up, it's like Fletcher and, or even though I don't even know how that's, if that's how she, you know, identifies, but they don't look where, when I was 18, if you were a lesbian, you were like a solid butch um, wearing a, a flannel and you had an ax, like that was it. And so I didn't yeah. want to be, so like, I didn't know, you know, and it was, it took me a minute to understand that, okay, what the media projected onto us of what this really meant isn't what it mm. meant. And how do I take this in and um, release all the negative vibes and, and things that I had around the word because of what was projected onto me and really embrace it because it is a great description of who I am, like in that aspect. And it did, it took a lot of unpacking. It is strange, isn't it? How every word that has solely a female association gets to be a dirtier and dirtier word over several generations because anything that doesn't cater to male approval is like, oh, nope, we have to get rid of that. And so I think that gay does kind of appeal to that because especially the way that we use it now, it's more of an umbrella term, I think. Right. Um, and and for myself, like, no, I don't care about the opinion of men. Right. I just, you know, like I want to live my life in a lesbian commune. That would be so great. Um, and, and there is some, I think, difficulty around that. That's something that I was actually talking to Miss Vermont about today. She was like, man, if if the world was way better, you know, men would be so much kinder and and uh, and safer to be around. And so I don't I don't need that. I'll take I'll stick with the gals. What's crazy, too, is um, and I don't even know you probably it's just different. Like I watched. I've been going back to old, old movies and, and shows. And I'm by old, old, mm -hmm. I mean, like Entourage in 2004 and five. And so I was watching this, their first episodes and they were even dropped the way they were dropping the F word. Um, and I'm like, Whoa, this is weird. We would never see this on a show now. Um, or, you know, even um, if you go to uh, what's the one with John Travolta and Kirstie Alley with the look, who's talking. He's like, what are you a lesbian? Like, you know, like just the way that they, that term came up in any media was always like, Ugh. so yeah, that's where it came Some, from. Someone told me recently that they used the word lesbian instead of gay in sitcoms in the early 2000s, because that word got a bigger laugh Yeah, and like, wow, how horrific right? that, that is considered to be a funnier joke. And, and the idea of two women who don't need a man to succeed, like that's inherently comedic. And that is just shocking to me. But yeah, I I, uh, I dropped, I watched Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is about a woman who competes for a pageant in Minnesota and uh, had the best time, laughed my head off. There were a lot of things in that movie that have aged very poorly. Well, all very poorly. Yeah. It's insane to me, but also so interesting. That's why I think this is going to be a great conversation. You know, I, mm -hmm. I remember those things, but I'm also... I didn't let myself age mentally. Like I still feel young. So like, I'm still kind of up to date with all the things, but, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot, um, especially back then thinking about what you're doing now. And, and um, I don't think that I, I would have never put a lesbian up on stage doing that, mm. you know? So, and you aren't, I knew, I know another one. I forget where she is, Arizona or no, Alaska, Miss Alaska. Do you know her? I do know Miss Alaska. 
blonde one, she's married to my friend. That must have been a previous Miss Alaska. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll have to look after. I forgot to check. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just so interesting to me, um, which brought me to when did you know you were le gay, lesbian, either word. Man, I, <clears throat> so I have a theory. <laughs> um, I came out when I was 15 as bi, fell in love with this girl who was two years older than me in my theater department. Shout out Maggie. Um, and she taught me about the LGBTQ plus community for the first time in my life. And I had no idea that it was an option for girls to kiss other girls in the first place. And so she really set me in motion. Um, and like, I used to be very conservative. I used to be homophobic. I used to be, you know, forced birther and, and all that stuff just because of the way that I was raised in a very religious household with people who had always enjoyed every single type of privilege available to them. And so um, for myself, it was a lot of kind of unwiring any feeling of like, that person is different than me and that makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just going to ignore their existence. And that also included lesbians. Mm -hmm. And so coming out as bi was like a really big deal. But uh, at the same time, it was like, didn't always feel like the right label coming out of my mouth. And so when I was 17, uh, I told this <laughs> story. I, I went into my closet and shut the door so that my parents couldn't hear me. And I did the out loud thing of like, I am bisexual and nothing happened. And then I said, I'm a lesbian. And it was like, ooh, tower of terror. And mm -hmm. like, I just felt my body kind of hum. And it, it, I knew that was the right word. And then um, this is where my conspiracy theory comes into play. So I was 17 when I came out as a lesbian. And then I started birth control when I was 18 because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And uh, then I dated men for three years and I recloseted myself. Ooh. And then I got off of birth control. And within three months, I was out as a lesbian again. Shut up. All right. And so what's, was, your, what's your theory then? So uh, people who like men um, who are on birth control have this phenomenon where they'll often get off of it and then break up with their partners because people on birth control, they're like your hormones are you. Your home hormones are everything about your brain. And so when that changes uh via medicine people will accept lower grade partners mm -hmm. and they'll like put up with people who aren't necessarily matched to them because your body is just in this state where it's like we have too much estrogen and progesterone and let's find out what's going on and let's find a male to meet with right and so uh, i think that that's something that i i kind of want to explore but i don't know oh if there's God. any scientific backing on it going like this because you know all the people that want to ban birth control <laughs> the same that's people the one we don't want so many people being lesbians either so what's it's it's a catch-22 for them it really is but then i came out for the last time uh in april of last year and then within three months i was very public and had a TikTok platform with a couple thousand people who were like hey we love the fact that you're queer let's figure this out together and and that was a very big learning experience for me because it was you know coming from this home that was like very hush hush we don't need to talk about stuff like that to now being like hey mom can you drive because i want to film a TikTok in the front seat talking about how my new year's resolution is about saying the word lesbian more and and her growth and her willingness to learn has been so incredible and i'm so thankful to have someone like her in my life because i would have had a much more difficult time if i did not have so many wonderful mentors who were willing to accept me and is that something that you struggled with as well? Or did you have a good support system when you came out? 
Well, so again, different time period, right? Like uh, when you were 15, what year was it? I was born in 2000. Oh my God. I was, yeah. No. When I was 15, I knew I also first was like, okay, bisexual feels the safest for me mm-hmm. right now. But I didn't tell anybody till I was 18, you know, so I kept that in. Um, and I don't think they would have been super supportive. But mm-hmm. when I did come out, um, I wrote my parents a letter. I went to uh, Northeastern University, which was only mm-hmm. 10 minutes away from where I live, but I lived there. And so I stuck it in the mailbox. And within two days, my dad hand delivered a letter back that was like super supportive. And, you know, oh. it was obviously challenging for them as well because my brother had come out six months before I did and they only have three oh. kids. <laughs> right? So two out of the three already and within six months. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was just a different time. They were supportive, but not in the way that people are supportive today, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So tell me, uh, that was going to be a question for me is once you came out, so your mom and you said you grew up in a religious uh, family, they were supportive though. Uh, My mom and my sister were. It's still kind of a struggle to get my dad on board just because he is someone who doesn't really recognize anyone who is different than him. And that was something that I was very much raised with the mindset of. And so it's been very slow progress. Um, But I do think that it's starting to click because he's very much one of those people who's like, well, why do you have to talk about it? Why can't you just run for Miss Nevada and win on your merit and not have that be part of the platform? And I'm like, no, you don't understand this is something that I'm immensely proud of. And like, I would take a bullet for any lesbian out there. You know what I mean? And that, that sense of community and and that sense of like sisterhood and love is so special. Why would I not want to talk about that? Why would I want to be ashamed of this whole subculture that, uh, you know, has been developed for people like me. And that's such a wonderful thing. And I want to give other kids access to it. So still working on him. But my mom is great. She used, um, like last December we were driving home and she used the phrase all genders unprompted. (laughs) I was like, mom, I didn't teach you that. Who's teaching you these things? So it's been really awesome to see her and my sister be so active and learning and, and trying to figure out all the right ways to move forward in life. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? Um, I had one parent that was more supportive in the beginning than the other, and they came around, they, you know, they're, it just, Mm -hmm. It takes a little longer. That was actually a question I was going to ask you. I had written some things down, but I would say, you know, you just said about what you say to your dad, but what do you say to people maybe who see your TikTok or online where they're like, well, why do you have to, um, you know, why can't you just be Miss Nevada, Nevada? (laughs) Um, And rather than say, I'm the first openly gay Miss Nevada, you know, Mm -hmm. what? Why can't you just, I saw somebody um, comment on one of your TikToks that were like, well, why do you have, why does this have to be part of what you're doing? Why can't you just be you? Yeah, it, it is confusing to grow up in a world and have feelings that no one has ever acknowledged should exist. And that makes all young LGBTQ plus kids, you know, whether that's a concern of gender identity or sexual orientation, that makes them feel constantly out of place their entire lives. And, you know, listening to love songs where there are very obvious, you know, there's a boy and a girl and they fall in love. And it's like, okay, this isn't really relatable. This wasn't really made for me. And then um, hearing artists like, have you started listening to Renee rap? I just started because I, I, she's come in the mix of my for you page. So yes. (laughs) Renee rap. 
<laughs> I would worship the ground that you walk on if you gave me the chance to take you on a date. She is my age, actually. So that's uh, yeah. that's my that's one of my other New Year's resolutions is to take Renee out. Um, but, you know, hearing let's put that out. Wait, take a minute to put that out in the universe real quick. We're putting it out there. Renee, <laughs> rap, please. I would do anything for you. Um <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it is it is interesting when you hear a song that has the correct pronouns for you or like Zolita or Haley Kyoko or any any kind of artist that defies that gender binary in terms of the people that they're talking about having affection for, like Sam Smith's music. It's it like kind of takes you aback and makes you feel like, oh, this was made for me. This this movie was made for me. And um, there was a new movie that just came out on Netflix, the half of it. It's extraordinary. It is an extraordinary declaration of sapphic love. And when I watched, yeah, the half of it. Yeah. <laughs> when I watch like straight romance movies, I'm like, boo, boring. He doesn't deserve her. But right. watching sapphic movies, I'm like, this is this is it. This is love. Yeah. So that's that's why I talk about it because so many people don't feel like there's a place for them in this world. And that's just not true. A hundred percent. And so Again, here we are. Every time you say some things, I'm literally getting chills. Like on, I'm first of all, I'm very open to energy, but I think it's just because the difference between or what you're saying, it, it was valid for me then, except mm. now you're in a world where people have started to step up. And now we do hear these, things. like the whole Fletcher album. I never heard any songs like that until I started listening to Fletcher, you know, where there's singing about another woman in that way. Like, other than, um, you know, back in the day, it's like, come to my window. We knew they were talking about women, but they didn't really like say that, you know, right. and it's like, sure. We knew if you knew if you were in the club and the, but other than that, no, mm. So holy crap. Yeah. Super important to talk about these things and to be like little Jamie and, uh, you know, all, needs to hear and see that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I'm so glad that you, that you're feeling the profoundness of my speaking because this is full of Celsius, not coffee. And I was afraid that I was getting a little over caffeinated and oh, ranting. So I'm, I'm pleased we're on the same page. This is an energy. that? This is a keto up. So this is an energy drink. That's um, like an all natural one, but it, it puts you into ketosis without doing the diet. So you're, when you're in ketosis, you're like more open, you're uh, more focused. It also has caffeine in it um, and more like open. To yeah. So we're both like, resting. like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're just getting juiced on the, on the right. channel today on the yeah. pod. Yeah. I could talk about this forever. Um, yeah. So, okay. I have a few questions from them. I, I was probably going to move along, um, more that comes to my mind, but let's just, let's throw one in for, from the group or actually, sure. um, let me see here. Oh, so when you first started being open about mm. this, as you're going for, you know, Miss Nevada or whatever, um, was was there any pushback from people like in within the community of pageants i guess no really which was shocking to me i was expecting more um i'm very lucky to live in nevada it is a relatively progressive state especially within like the larger uh city areas and actually one of the executive directors of miss nevada is a lesbian and so it was just a very nice kind of fit. And she works on the pride board, Jillian. She's an extraordinary human being who has, you know, her finger on the pulse of the entire Nevada community. And so getting to have that experience with her at the helm, as well as my uh, wonderful other executive director, Brooke, it was like, 
they were ready for this. And I did not expect to have such a warm welcome from the community. And so, you know, there are always concerns of like, yeah, but this is Nevada. So when I go to Miss America, are some of the girls from maybe different states with different cultures, will there be any pushback there? And there was none. There was none. All of them were so incredibly nice. And, you know, I've gotten like hate comments on my Facebook. I've gotten hate comments about like, Miss Nevada is a homosexual, pray for her. And I'm like, that's okay. Thank you though. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not been any Miss America people, which is so refreshing. For sure. I mean, it's yeah. always behind the screens um, that are projecting their bullshit onto you anyway. Right. It's like, totally. Yeah. It's, it's different when you're face to face with people. That's, that's really cool to hear because I, yeah. I know that, especially, like I said, being from a different time period, my brain would automatically go to, I would never do any, when I was younger, mm. I would never do anything or that would, because like that, because I would assume that they would already be judging me before I walked in the door. Totally. It's like the the middle school locker room on steroids where you're like facing the corner, changing in the bathroom stall. Don't look at me. I won't look at you. Like that inherent sense of embarrassment that all young queer kids grow up with. That is not a thing which I was so thankful to just get to skip over that step. But do you get a lot of hate comments? It depends if it, if my stuff ends up on the wrong side. Um, I, you know what I mean? But it's funny. It doesn't matter if I'm talking about when I'm live a lot, they'll say, they'll try to make a comment about my hair or that I look like a boy. And I'm like, or, and I'm like, thank you. Like, I don't care at this point, but at one point I did care, you know, cause I, you know, I'd be offended, but I'm just not anymore. I think I'm comfortable mm. with my skin, but um, it, I've noticed that. And for people listening, it's not just about looking gay or whatever, where you get hate, like I'll get hate on my mindset stuff. <laughs> mm. Like, Oh, please toxic positivity or this, that. And I'm like, wow, we can hate on anything these days. Can't we? Like, yeah. You know, so putting it into perspective for myself, like the uh, marks about me looking like a boy don't really hurt anymore. But if you talk shit about my mindset stuff, I'm going to come for you. you know? Absolutely. Claws coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me see. I, that was a question. What did the hate behind the scenes? Um, when- oh, I will. How could I forget this? My favorite kind of hate comment is the men who will comment and be like, Miss Nevada isn't even pretty. And I'm like, well, you're not my demographic. So I really don't care about your opinions on that. And it isn't it so interesting, the amount of people that just think like, you should look the way that I think you should look. Well, I mean, also though, you're very like pretty and it's not like you. someone could say that you're not like the the basis of what makes somebody attractive, like symmetrical and you have all the things like nobody can come on and say you're not pretty you know what I mean so if somebody's saying that and what I would teach as a life coach is they're projecting the bullshit onto you so what about you being um an attractive woman and a lesbian makes this person uncomfortable (laughs) you know like what is it saying with it yeah Uh, yeah I find that um men in general when they feel like they're being pushed out of the conversation or not even pushed out of the conversation but you're just not needed in the conversation get Mm. very defensive yeah, I I would agree with that. Sorry, we were moving on. And then I No, no, not at all. I like to chime in. Um I feel like I should kind of open my my uh chat to see. So I, I left a link in my my group of so there's I have this group of it turned into um it was later in life lesbians and now it's just like really anybody who is kind of 
exploring their sexuality. It doesn't have to be a lesbian, um, you know, pansexual, bisexual, whatever. Um, but I, I gave them an anonymous link so they could ask questions anonymously. So let's check out <laughs> because I think maybe, you know, it would open them up a little more. And there wasn't many because oh, I did it really quickly. But this is such a random question. The longest time you've ever gone without showering. Oh, I think like five days. I I was like 10 years old and I had a cold or something and I just couldn't bring myself to shower. But my hair, I just remember it looked wet. <laughs> it was gre- greasy wet. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just wet. I just got out of the shower. So clean, but wet. What are your plans for like pageant in the future? good question. I have kind of been considering that because I've only ever had my sights set on the Miss America competition. And that was something that I just knew, like, I love this organization, but now there is kind of a part of me that loves the sisterhood and the community of being around other women. And I don't know if I would find that in a different system of competition, but at this point I'm, you know, at the top of my game, as far as competition goes. And so it's something that I might consider in the future, but for right now, I'm just, I'm just happy to be involved in Miss America. And I'm, I'm excited to get to the Miss Nevada stuff for the rest of the year. Cause I really just wanted to be Miss Nevada my whole life. So the fact mm-hmm. that I get to wake up with that title every day is like, wow, it's going to be a good day. I yeah. That's amazing. Um, okay. So I love how educated I didn't remember. Remember I said, I thought you were a lot older just because of how you speak on, on your social media. But um, one of the things that drew me to you was how educated you are in the LGBTQ plus history. So mm. what are, what's something that you could share? Cause many of the people listening are, are new to this, you know, they're just figuring out their own sexuality. They don't even, they haven't even gone to history or anything yet or laws or things like that. Um, what's something you can share that might surprise people that aren't necessarily educated. That is one heck of a question. I should have prepared you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's really quite a swinger. Let me see if I have any, um, I have a notes app with all of the things that I want to talk about. While you're, while you're looking at that, when we talk about the word lesbian, I researched recently and you know, there's the island of Lesbos. Yes. In Greece. (laughs) And that they're actually upset that the word lesbian, because they're called lesbians that live there. And like people go and visit. I didn't know that. They don't love that. Yeah. It's funny. Well, you know, <laughs> we don't there are certainly worse things to be. <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely worse things to be. Um, something that you might find interesting because what, uh, so I was watching your TikTok and you were talking about, you know, who paved the way for, I think, you know, when it came to who threw mm-hmm. the first break through the window and stuff like that. Um, one of the things when I was your age, <laughs> sounds so old literally when I was 22 I think yeah 22 was when um, marriage became legal in Massachusetts where I lived and where I grew up oh wow so I remember watching on the news because there's no social media we didn't have smartphones but it was like going down right now at midnight at the Cambridge courthouse they're gonna have their first uh, marriage and all that and me and my friend got in her little uh whatever car she had and we drove over and I had this big handy cam and we went there and there were so many people celebrating and then behind us was Reverend Phelps and the Westboro Baptist Church with their signs you know God hates bags and, and this and that and it didn't fucking matter but it was such an experience it was like part of history that I got to be a part of and um just thinking it was at the age that you're at now <laughs> so it's a little mind that gives me the answer to the last question that you asked so the reason that I look at history 
uh, in this community is not only just because people like us have existed for thousands of years and the amount of colonialism and religiosity that has tried to wipe us off of the face of the earth is truly overwhelming. But my first memory of a cultural point in LGBTQ plus history was the Pulse nightclub two months after the shooting there. And uh, I saw it in August. I had come out in March of that year. And so that was the first thing that I had ever seen that was a representative of a piece of history in my community. And it scared me like nobody's business because I didn't want anyone to know yet. And I was still very closeted. And I thought, is this the future that I'm going to be walking into? Is is this future of violence and harm? And, and so kind of showing people like, no, 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 we have existed in our own ways. And yes, we have been subjected to violence and harm, but at every single turn, we have come back. And like, there is truly no way to erase us from Mm -hmm. the record books. And I think that is what really drew me to it in the first place is this idea that I want to include the narrative of people like me because that narrative is so often overwhelmed with negativity. And so to like highlight the contributions of specifically women of color and trans women in the LGBTQ plus movement. That's so awesome because I never once heard anything about a trans woman in my history class. No. Never once. Mm-hmm. And and to kind of share that love is such a special gift. I know that's that's what you do as well is like extending that grace to yourself and to others and to people who've lived before you. And it's a it's a big task, man. It takes a it takes a lot of energy. Oh, and you just, so you just sparked some thoughts in my head um, about Pulse. So I remember that and had a very different view. Obviously, we were at different points in our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. But what was happening for me at that point was here, this happened at Pulse, which was like devastating. And the, the media's portrayal or what was going on around it was, this isn't a gay thing. This is a terrorist thing. And it really pissed me off because I'm like, you have no idea. Like literally what makes this a gay thing is number one, the fact that if I'm straight and I go out in a club in Boston, right? How many different clubs do I go to like, or have a choice to? So if there's a shooting at a club, all of my friends aren't going to be like, oh my God, was Jamie there? But if there is a shooting at a gay club, that's probably one or of one or two that we could have gone to. So the likelihood that we're there is way higher. And like, and to say that it wasn't a gay thing, like, it, it, that's the place we go to be ourselves. And then, well, the, well, the guy was was gay. Here he was, they thought he thought he was gay and he was fine. That's fine. Even then, so, it is still a gay thing because he's fighting his own demons. Like, he's told this is such a bad thing that he wants to go in and shoot the place up. You know what I mean? Like, no matter which way, but yet in the media, they kept spinning it as, Why, this isn't a gay thing. Let's not make it a gay thing. It's a gun thing. It's a terror. And it's like, no, yes, those things as well. And- can we please just acknowledge that it is and that the the discussion around um, the rights and, and how we survive and show up in America specifically should be, we should look at this now, but no, everybody on the news and everybody had, you know, politicians were, oh, this is horrible, but yet are also in the next breath saying, you know, negative stuff that makes people go and want to do these things to us, <laughs> you know, it's like... that's where my head was. I wrote this. I remember I wrote this spoken word thing about it where I was just like, listen, if we're at, if this club gets shot up and you live in the area, there's a good chance you or like 900 of your friends are going to be there. And and that's the difference. Like we don't have 
we sure we can go to any bar on the road and in St. Pete, honestly, it's different. Like everybody is at every bar, to be honest. But back then, even 2000, what, 16, was it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even then, the, the difference of like, we don't have different places to go, really, where you can fully be yourself and not have to look over your shoulder. And if you're holding somebody's hand or whatever. And I don't know, that kind of pissed me off back then. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, quite, quite the shock. I would say to all of us that that was deprioritized in the media because I'm sure that you're used to that feeling of, yeah, looking over your shoulder, holding someone's hand, being a lesbian or being gay or being trans is to exist in a world where you recognize that violence is only a millisecond away if you exist in the wrong place. Right. And that, that was what happened at the Pulse Club that night. And like, I was, I went, I was a competing at the Miss America's Outstanding Teen competition when I saw it. We were on our way to SeaWorld for a day trip. And so they were like, hey, ladies, please look out the window and, you know, acknowledge this site. And I was shell shocked for the rest of the day. I think about that still almost every day, if not once a week. But there was this big chain link fence set up all the way around the perimeter of the property. And I just remember it was so heavy with pictures and notes and flowers and teddy bears and love. Mm -hmm. And it was to the point where I thought the chain link fence was about to buckle because there was so much like love being poured into that scene. And it's what I wanted to make more of more yeah. of the teddy bears. <laughs> yes. Um, is there any crazy bills trying to be pushed through right now that you know of that either are, should you would, we'd be surprised that aren't already in you know place or that we're surprised are being pushed through in 2023 that's a good question i haven't checked within the past two weeks because i was at miss america Ooh. um and then the the day after that i woke up with a cold and then i got the flu and then i had pink eye so Ooh. i have been down and out for about a month and i'm just very recently starting to come back into we'll things let you so have hook then. <laughs> i haven't yeah haven't been reading the newspaper as i should have no, however, oh no, where did I put that? I did find this in my parents' house, the Nevada Catholic Tribune, the very front page, Nevada among most friendly states in U.S. for boys who want to play girls' high school sports. Oh, and so as soon as I saw that, I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. So I did some digging on it. And um, it is something that the Republican Party in Missouri sent out nationwide, and they've created like several different states of like blank Catholic Tribune, and they're using it to spread uh, like trans panic propaganda, which I have an issue with the phrase trans panic. It's just transphobia, but um, and, like reproductive rights stuff. And so that was pretty wild, but it it was fake. So <sighs> fake news, man. <laughs> you know talking yeah. all right i'm gonna ask you one more question for the regular podcast and then we're gonna move over to um the after dark portion so this is okay. a question i like to end with which is you know i believe in inner child work and we always have our inner child in our in our mind and and it took me a while to understand that i can still talk to them um what is advice some advice you would give to your childhood self and by childhood self there's always an age that comes to mind for me it's always nine so when i say this childhood self what comes to mind for you what age? I would think five, starting mm -hmm. kindergarten. 
Okay, five. So what advice would you give to your five-year-old self? Not necessarily like, hey, don't pick that one, go there, but like life advice um, as you're, you know, adult kind of <laughs> self. What would you say to your five-year-old self? Sure. Uh, I was very shy as a kid. And so when I started theater in high school, it gave me a place to recognize that I was good to take up space and be loud and make noise in the world. And that wasn't a bad thing. And so for a lot of my life, I just kind of made myself as small and quiet as possible and tried not to make any waves. And now I'm very disinterested in that. I'm interested in making many waves. Um, but I think that that's the biggest thing is just like giving myself permission to exist free from the judgment of others. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that means all of my own insecurities that I've projected onto myself, I'm also projecting onto others that if I can't do these things, you can't either. And that seriously chips away at the amount of kindness in the world. And definitely something that led me to not be as kind as I could have been as a kid. And, and it was all due to my own internal insecurities. So that would be it. Wow. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. And it actually goes in line with a, a TikTok I made yesterday about it's never about you. Meaning not mm -hmm. that it's not about us. Like you were, that was, it was about you and but the other person that you were projecting the bullshit on to, it wasn't about them, you know, and to really understand that we are all and to be aware of that, like, is amazing, because most people go through life, never aware of it. And so they just continue to project, 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 you know, mm -hmm. and unless we develop those skills. Awesome. Um, okay, so thank you so much for joining us for the uh, the stories we tell. Um, uh, for those of you who are part of the After Dark, we are moving over there now. So um, is there anything, last thing you want to say to the people listening to the podcast? No, just thank you for having me. Um, there's never a wrong way to exist in the world. And however you want to do that is your choice and has nothing to do with anyone else's opinion. So make sure that you're doing the things that make you happiest. Because at the end of the day, that's who you're living for. I love it. Awesome. Whoa, that was Heather Renner. Such, such a powerful and amazing conversation. I am going to have her back very soon. Um, there was so much more that I wanted to discuss, but we uh, had some time constraints there. So I can't wait to bring her back and 22 years old to see what she's going to do in this world and the impact that she's going to have even already she does, but imagine 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I'm really excited to follow along with her journey and you can too. I'm going to leave how you can do that in the show notes and all that good stuff. So until next time, see you then.